You're listening to Mary's Touch Radio. Our program is entirely listener-supported through generous donations from listeners like you. Discover and explore our entire archive of inspirational content at marystouch.org. And thank you for your support. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real-life stories of Mary's love. Hi, this is Sherry Lamonte. And I'm Father Jim Evans. Welcome to Mary's Touch, the show that brings you real-life stories of Mary's love. This week, we'll hear from Sherry Rigby. Sherry is participating in the Walk for Life West Coast, which is in San Francisco. Sherry is an actress in the film October Baby and has a remarkable story to share. Sherry will talk about her life, her story of healing after an abortion. By the time Sherry was 16, she had little hope in life. And things didn't get a whole lot better after that. Let's listen to Sherry's story of hope and God's graces. I had given birth to my first child, Donnie. He's 26 years old, and he is just the light of my life. Um, You know, it's interesting looking back now and realizing that we really never know why God does what he does in our lives. And sometimes we think that the, the thing that might hurt us the most is actually what, in the end, actually makes us the strongest. And that's what he's done in my life. And so as being a teenage mom, I ended up really having to start walking through life looking at what was the most important thing for him. And so as time went on, I I didn't, again, quite know how to deal with life and and being this young teenage mom. And I was married now to a man that was... um, abusive along with also drugs and alcohol and and so this was a pretty low time in life and I found myself on my knees one night praying in the bathroom after seeing my little baby, he was 18 months old at the time, he was laying next to another woman that was in my bed actually with her child sleeping after a night of uh, drugging all night and um, I found myself on my knees just Praying out and asking, you know, if there really was a God that He would, He would, He would show Himself, and um, that I needed something. I needed Him if He was real. And uh, three days later, my phone rang, and it was a total God thing. Uh, my phone rang, and I actually was offered my first modeling job to go to Grand Cayman. And I'll never forget getting off of the phone, and I, here I am looking at this phone call that has just about to change my life, and I was watching a man in the kitchen, which was my husband at the time, um, actually preparing his next round of drugs, and and I knew at that moment there was just, it was time to change, and this was a new door that had opened for me, and so as my journey continued, I went on this um, modeling shoot in Grand Cayman and really started to see what other young women's lives were looking like and what they were sharing about how they were journeying through their lives. And um, I came back 
at that point in time to Arizona with hope that maybe something might change. And my return was quite the opposite. It actually was the point of making the decision of having to either stay in an abusive relationship or leave. And so being still a teenage mom, it was quite an interesting challenge knowing that I was going to be on my own and also not knowing whether or not this young man that I was married to would eventually hurt me in some way, uh, as he had threatened so many times. And so I just made the choice, and uh, thank God that I did, and I had parents that helped me walk through this. I ended up going back to school, becoming a paralegal, and working in the law field for quite some time. Actually, I worked to work for one of the largest uh, law firms in the state of Arizona, 400 attorneys, and I was blessed to have an opportunity to work there and grow and uh, support myself and my son. It was extremely difficult, but at the same time, it was it was really what kept me alive. And before I knew it, though, I was cleaning up really well on the outside, but I hadn't cleaned up on the inside yet. I hadn't gone through the things that needed to be taken care of. So I ended up getting into another relationship, and this relationship was better, but it still had its ups and downs. And um, before I knew it, this time I was sitting in a bathroom uh, facing the wall and looking down at a pregnancy test. And I was in my early 20s at this time, and I just remember sitting there thinking about being a pregnant teen and, you know, what I went through in high school. And people thinking that I'd never make it. And here I was sitting there again, pregnant with a man this time that I wasn't married to. And how was I going to possibly be able to do this? And if I ever had any hope for the future to have somebody that loved me, how would I explain another baby by another man? And so I just kept waiting, thinking this can't be. And all of a sudden, the pregnancy test came up positive. And um, before I could ever say anything, this young man was that I was pregnant with was standing behind me, and, and he had a family member that was in working for an OBGYN at the time that, that performed abortions. And he was out on the phone before there was any real words exchanged, and he was making an appointment for me to have an abortion. And we didn't ever really discuss it. I just, I, I guess in my mind, I thought it was the right thing. And so I went in, and they gave me a pill, me to sleep. They never explained anything to me about what was going to happen to me or my body or nothing. And I woke up with them standing over the top of me, telling me that it was over. And he took me home that day. We never spoke about it again as long as we've actually known each other and continued uh, to know each other for so many years after. But he took me home that day and turned on Seinfeld and ordered pizza. And I'll never forget that moment thinking, this is what this has ended up being, and, and um, you know, it's kind of interesting. As we go through life, like, there's certain smells or there's certain things that we see that we just can't even, you know, stomach, and that those are two things. You know, I feel bad. Everybody always goes, did you see this Pentel's episode? And I'm like, no. You know, because there's things that just remind us of things that we've done in our lives. And, and as I started just trying to figure out where my life was going, I put that in the back of my mind. And um, there was many times that, you know, especially during the time of year that that baby was aborted, um, thinking about what that would have been like to have that other child. But eventually I went on and, um, again, found myself on my knees praying out loud and asking God to do something in my life, again, if he was there. And I remember saying, Dan, am I that hard to love? 
No, Sherry, you are not that hard to love. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. But don't go away. Sherry's story takes a turn. And thanks to all of you for making Mary's Touch such a successful radio program over the past years. We are celebrating our eighth year of shows. And to honor our storytellers and thank everyone for their stories, we will be broadcasting some of our classic shows that you have requested. Thank you for joining the celebration. Also, this is a good opportunity to remind you about your Mary story. If you have a Mary story, contact us at marystouch.org. We want to hear from you how you honor Mary, what she means to you, and how your devotion to Mary has brought you closer to her son. Write us at marystouch.org. I want to hear from you. Welcome back. You're listening to Mary's Touch. I'm Sherry Lamonte along with Father Jim Evans. Sherry's story has me on the edge of my chair. Let's hear the rest of her story. And this time my phone rang three weeks later, and um, it was my beautiful husband that I've been married to now for almost 17 years, and his name is Matthew. And it's so incredible to see, like, biblically names, he's completely my gift from God, and that's what his name means in the Bible, gift from God. And apparently, it was just so ordained in him to be a part of my life, and and uh, to help me raise my son. But what was incredible was on our second date, he actually asked me to go to church with him. And I would just remember looking at him going, do you have any idea who you're asking to go to church with you? (laughs) I mean, I was like the worst of the worst. And he said, yep, I sure do. And I went to church at a Grace uh, or Calvary Chapel, and it was really the first time that I had ever heard the message of grace. And... Now the Lord had come for me, and it was so incredible to hear that message of hope and that my sins had been forgiven from the east to the west, and I was accepted. And it was just an incredible experience, and I remember at that point rededicating my life to Christ and knowing that I had to get me some of Jesus. Like, I had to know who He was. And as I started going on the journey of church, I mean, we all think, okay, it's going to be peaches and cream from here, but... You know, when we ask our Lord, Savior, to come into our lives, I mean, it is the incredible thing of the pruning process and Him digging us deeper and getting us to stand firm and planting it. And so my next several years was that, and He called me to work in the church, and and before I knew it, I was, you know, in women's Bible study. My husband and I had opened a coffee shop called Hebrews in our church, and um, it was incredible. And... We were really looking forward, I was really looking forward to the future and finally seeing the hope that I had so desperately needed to see. And so eventually my husband and I had our next baby, which was uh, Levi James. He's now 13 years old and beautiful and just incredible. And so the Lord has blessed me with these two beautiful boys, Donnie and Levi, and we continued to try for more, and eventually we were told that we couldn't have any more children. And so it was just another kind of upheaval in our lives. And I remember going to the Lord and saying, Okay, God, I don't know what you got planned for me, but um, I thought this was the picture you were giving me. And lo and behold, a man walks into the coffee shop at church. I'm serving coffee. 
he sits down, I serve him coffee, and he looks at me and he says, have you ever thought about doing commercials? And I thought, really, Dad? Commercial babies. And um, he ended up inviting me to a casting for a commercial that he was doing, and I went, and I was so scared that I thought, okay, I'm going to get out of this boat and see what you have. And I did. And before I knew it, I was doing every commercial there was, Blue Cross Blue Shield, American West Airlines, Suzuki, Blue Cross Blue Shield. And then movies started coming through Phoenix, Arizona that I was auditioning for, and I was getting small parts on sci-fi and different things like that. And I really believed that this was the next picture that God had given me. I was going to be a superstar. And 2008 rolled around, the economy fell apart, my husband and I had just built a, our dream home, and it was falling apart around us. I, though, had gotten a job on The Young and the Restless, a role, and within a few days of signing those contracts, I received a phone call to go work for the Casting Crowns to do the video for the new movie, or the movie at that time, Fireproof, but the video was called Slow Fade. And I thought, wow, you know, God, you're really doing these great things. I'm stepping into the secular world. I'm stepping into the faith-based world. I mean, this must be the ticket. And all I had to do, though, was go film these things, come back to Phoenix, Arizona, go through a hysterectomy, and then get back on the set of Young and the Restless without anybody knowing it. And so I came back, flew in from the Slow Fade video on a Wednesday evening. Thursday, went into the hospital to have a routine hysterectomy. And by Sunday, I was saying goodbye to my family. And I had gained 30 pounds of water weight in 48 hours. I was in renal failure, and they were giving me medication that gives cancer patients that are on their deathbed. And life had t- taken another complete turn again. I had eight months of recovery and four surgeries later, and it was just a real reality check that God's grace is sufficient through all things in our lives, and we have to take the journey with Him, and it's His will and His purpose. And so I literally, in that time, I think the very first time, really relinquished my life to Him and said, it's yours, and my life verse is Acts twenty twenty four. And in that moment, I knew he called us to Los Angeles. And by 2010, October Baby rolled around. My husband had three new companies that were flourishing. We were doing extremely well in California. And we were just on the next journey of our lives. And lo and behold, the Lord brought October Baby. And I remember getting the script and thinking, this is crazy. It's, there's two pictures in it, and I've never received anything like this. And so I sat down and I started reading the script, and I realized in a matter of a very short time that the script had been written for me 20 years ago in my life. And so, but my human nature took over, and I sat there and I thought, God, you've brought me all this way to give me five minutes on screen, and I want more. And in that moment, the Lord just completely called me to confession. And I I knew I had already been forgiven, but when I confessed that sin of abortion and what was going on in my life, the Lord completely opened the floodgates, and He showed me the little girl that I had aborted in heaven. And and in that moment, He, though, opened the gates for me, and He showed me this sea of women's faces, and He said, this is for them not for you. And, and, and as I went through this journey, though, what was for me 
was that he showed me a complete understanding of his forgiveness and his grace on the movie set. He let me through each and every scene that I walked through. And again, as I've taken now a journey of, you know, over the last couple of years since October Baby has been released, I realized that that journey was for so many around the world that even though it was five minutes of time, in that five minutes, God did so many incredible things. And that's what he keeps doing. And now I've had an opportunity to go out and have a whole new walk with the Lord and to share with my story and my testimony of hope that God really does take us on a journey. He gives us a voice, and if we are willing to use it, that he can use it mightily to change people's lives. And I have watched that now over the last year and a half. I've been in I don't know, probably 50 cities and spoken to 60,000 people. And the messages that I received, the emails and the hope of people changing their lives, me getting to talk with a teenage girl and saying, you know what? You don't have to make the choice to give up that baby. It might be tough. It might be hard. But you can be everything you want to be, an extremely successful woman. You can have this beautiful child. You can be strong. You can be a warrior for Christ. Let's do it together. And really giving these women a hope that they can do all things through Christ. And then the women and the men that have gone through abortion to say, use your voice. Be a power to make a change in our culture. Say what it is that's hurting women and men all over this world and make a change. But it only comes from the voices of the ones that have had no voice. And, and so many of us that have gone through that journey feel hopeless. There's been shame and guilt, and now we need to turn it around and make it a positive, because that's exactly what Christ does. He takes our ashes and he changes it for garland. And if we can do that, we can be a powerful voice to change and give the next generation hope and power and knowing that, that every life is beautiful and that all things are possible. Well, she certainly is right that all things are possible. And Sherry, we thank you for your story. And I think you said it maybe in your first sentence. This is all about the journey. What a journey she's had. And where in the world we pick up one of the strings that she left for us to ponder and to grab hold of. There are so many facets to her life, and they all point to those moments when she was open to God entering. Right, right. Well, and I think one of the, uh, you know, I had the same question, Father, boy, where do we start? But I thought, well, let's look at this chronologically. And, um, you know, as a young child and being moved and into a a new um, environment, Mm -hmm. as she said, in Phoenix, and and that, you know, her mother, I thought she was very kind to her mother. Well, she really was. Yeah, and... But here she is, and I think about 25% of all of our high school population is lost, or they don't have a family to live with. Um, I mean, I think this is Sherry's story of 20-some years ago, but I think it's still very much what's going on today. And, and to have a thought, you know, at 16, I thought my life was over. Well, her story rubs on the psyche of each and every one of us. And you've mentioned that she didn't seem to have anything to hold on to, 
But at the same time, she certainly remembered the grape jelly sandwiches. She sure did. And I thought, especially when she had her first child. That's right. Because that child became more important than she was. You know, there's a marvelous, sometimes hard to read, sometimes boring book written a long time ago by Marcel Proust. And the name of that book is Remembrance of Things Past. Well, in that particular book, which begins with him smelling freshly baked madeleines coming out of a bakery, and it's brought back a childhood memory. And with this, I think that each and every one of us should reach back into our memory bank, and then we should come forward and take a look, because the key word that we started this with was journey. Right. And as we reach into our own individual journeys, something's going to pop up. It's going to be a remembrance of something that we ate, something that we smelled, and something is going to enter into us, which is going to bring us into a relationship with others, and hopefully, and many times unknowingly at the time, a relationship with God because spirituality enters into each and every one of us in many different guises. God is always there by our side. Jesus never forgets us, even when we think we may have forgotten Jesus. Well, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, I've noticed a couple times in her in Sherry's story, mm-hmm. she said, you know, I'd, I'd ask God, you know, if you are here. Yeah. And, and I thought... Um, Recently, I've known someone that, you know, said, oh, you know, I, I just I just don't believe in this faith thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But when something good happens that he needs, right. he believes. When something is not going his way or he thinks he is forgotten, right. he, he goes, you know, I just, I just don't know about God. How many times, Sherry, do we hear somebody like Sherry in the story uh, coming up with uh, the statement, What can I do? One of the things that we just heard from Mrs. Rigby is her telling us that he asked me to go to church with him. When was the last time you asked anyone to share your faith with them? Have you invited somebody to church lately? Look what it did to Sherry. Look what it brought into her life. And I love the fact that they started uh, a ministry within the church yes. together. You get he, coffee. He brews. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's a, a really good point, and especially this last year with the not only the year of faith, but we're called to evangelize. Indeed we are. I mean, yes, we need to ask people to that's go right. to church with us, whether yeah. we think they believe or not. That's right. And how about the fact that here is a lady who in her reverie of prayer was opened up to the vision that God showed her the faces of the aborted. Oh, wasn't that beautiful? Oh, boy. And my friends, this is not a rare occasion. This does happen on a fairly regular basis in this world of ours. Open your eyes to it because God is willing to show you things you have not dreamed of. And so how do you tune into that? Well, you tune in by accepting somebody's invitation to share some faith. Right, right. Um, I think my question is, 
So the answer to that when people say, God, if you know, if you really love me, then you're, this is going to happen. One is, you know, we're not the ones telling God what's going <laughs> to what's going to happen. But he right. does have a great plan for us. And it yeah. is a journey. And we have to listen to that. And we have responsibility to our neighbor mm-hmm. to to help in that uh, in that in that journey, as we're calling it. That's right. Open our eyes, and we sing that marvelous song, Open My Eyes, Lord, that mm-hmm. I may see mm-hmm. as you see. And as we see what God wants us to see, which is many marvelous things, we'll find that we're not blind unless we choose to be blind. Choice is a remarkable word, and it's one that we sometimes forget, and we don't understand the depth of it. We make choices every single day. God gives us the opportunities to do so many things. And as those doors open, we have to be there on that particular walk of life because our journey is walking alongside our Lord and in his footsteps both. And it's easy to do it on Sunday if you've, after you've heard the word. But what about Monday morning? Well, <laughs> Monday, Monday, so good to me. Yeah. Well, I think that this is one of those things that um, if we're really there, five minutes with the Lord can show us a lifetime of joy. Well, that's something to remember. And and one of one of the things that Cherry said that I just loved is I had to get me some of that Jesus. <laughs> oh, wasn't that cute? Yes. Yeah. And I thought, don't we all? You know, that's what we're talking about. Well, absolutely right. And... Um, we are given the opportunity to go unto all the nations of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The end of Matthew yes. can be the beginning of us. Wonderful. Good, good point. And and I think we can't forget what this is all about. There's going to be a, a big walk for life all over the United States. Uh, the last weekend, I believe, of January. And it's a, a family-friendly event, for, you know, for people of all ages. Right. And it's a great way to get your kids involved with supporting and protecting the sanctity of life. And so I want to remind everybody to call your diocese. Um, start looking in the newspaper because there's everybody's going to be doing something. That's there's right. A huge walk, I know, on the also on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., on the West Coast in San Francisco. But find out what's going on in, quote, your neighborhood, so to speak. And and let's remember that um, it it's up to us to help these people, too, that have had an abortion. That's right. And, and both the, the man and the woman suffer. Let's walk their journey. Let's walk with them because these walks for life are not limited to one month or one year. They are going to be an ongoing part of the story of this world. So join in, my friends. Walk. Yes, everyone, everyone. That's what we're encouraging them to do. I think as as a, an end to our program today, one, we want to thank Sherry for telling us her story and for sharing her journey. And so perhaps, Father, you could, uh, uh, we could leave everyone today with remembering all those who have been aborted and praying for them 
and for all the mothers and fathers that that has happened to. And we can close with a blessing for them. Absolutely. May we all walk and talk with Jesus as we go through this life, and may we receive the blessings of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. You're listening to Mary's Touch Radio. Our program is entirely listener-supported through generous donations from listeners like you. Discover and explore our entire archive of inspirational content at marystouch.org. And thank you for your support.